0: It's great to be here, and I'd like to welcome our listening audience to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, our prairie doc, is unable to be with us today, so I'm happy to welcome Deb Johnston, a family medicine physician with the Avira Medical Group, Brookings. Welcome, Deb, and
1: I appreciate
0: you coming in, and I know you've been here quite often. It's just nice to have you. Well, thank you. We really enjoy having you on our program. Uh, I was going to start talking about something else this morning. However, I got out my Argus Leader to wake up with my cup of coffee. And last week we had Dr. Jill Cruz as our guest uh, host. And Dr. Cruz was talking about programs that address stress in health care providers. And Son of a Gun, the Argus Leader, has an article on Dr. Cruz this morning. So if you listened to her last week... Just when, if you get your Argus this morning, go to the Sioux Falls Business Journal, and you will, it's a section in the uh, Argus, and there's a nice article about Dr. Cruz.
1: right on page three there. It's a great picture, too. It is.
0: Tell me what you know about her work with this.
1: You know, I I love Dr. Cruz. She actually has the office right across the hall from me, and and we spend a lot of time um, bouncing ideas and thoughts off of each other, and she's just a, a great and thoughtful clinician, and... Um, and she's a fantastic partner that way. But I'm really excited about this work that she's doing, uh, raising awareness among healthcare providers about the subject of burnout. Because, you know, everybody gets, everybody is at risk for burnout. But uh, there's particularly high rates in physicians and healthcare providers because of the culture, and because of the nature of the work that we do. So. Avera and uh, Dr. Cruz and the program that they have to help try to address that, raise awareness, um, change the culture, address the issue, help people through that problem um, is just really a wonderful thing.
0: Well, I appreciate your comments on it because uh, she was certainly an advocate and has done a lot of work uh, addressing really this has. and making doctors aware of it. I know one of the most important things in your heart when it comes to medicine (laughs) is immunizations. And a (laughs) lot of times people think, oh, that's kids, and I don't have any little kids anymore. Immunizations are just as important for adults. I think what we're going to do is take our first break, and when we come back, all you adults listening, be ready to hear all about the immunizations that are important for your health. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. Dr. Homa is unable to join us, so we're happy to welcome Dr. Deb Johnston, a family practice physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings. Dr. Johnston, just before the break, I mentioned your interest in immunizations.
1: Oh, yes. I love, I love to give people shots. My poor <laughs> nurse is always drawing up shots and Giving people shots, it's one of my passions. So, um, And a lot of people think that, you know, we, we even have a term. We call it baby shots. But, you know, immunizations are important throughout your life, and certainly people get a lot more immunizations in childhood up until college age. Um, but there are immunizations that you need well into adulthood. The obvious example there is, is the tetanus shot. Um, We all know or have heard about tetanus, which is certainly a lethal disease, even in the United States, even in 2016, if you actually contract tetanus, uh, your death rate is very high from that. So preventing tetanus with your tetanus shot is a, a really good thing. And we recommend that just as routine vaccination, somebody get their tetanus shot every 10 years, although there's certainly circumstances where we would give it to you more often if you were in a car accident or there's some other kind of high-risk injury. The tetanus shot has traditionally been um, bundled with the uh, diphtheria vaccination. Diphtheria is a bacterial infection that causes a. A terrible throat infection that uh, is also very dangerous to people. But in the last uh, 10 or 15 years, we've realized that pertussis, whooping cough, uh, which we've always thought of as a childhood disease, actually has a huge uh, reservoir, a huge uh, component of infection in adults, and adults don't get the characteristic. <gasps> that little kids (laughs) do. I know, (laughs) I practice that. Um, So we didn't recognize it for a very long time, but if you think back, those of us that are a little older, um, we see outbreaks periodically of whooping cough in older children particularly, and if you think back maybe 10, 12 years, Joan, you might remember an outbreak of of whooping cough in the middle school. And uh, we we recognize that adults are still susceptible to whooping cough. And so um, about 10, 15 years ago, they came out with an adult vaccination with the tetanus shot that contains the whooping cough component too. And current recommendations are that all adults get at least one booster with the whooping cough component. I wasn't aware of that.
0: So if if you see a doctor every year or whatever for your health, uh, you should ask them, do you think it's you time for my tetanus shot?
1: You should ask, you know, where's my last tetanus? Have I had the whooping cough component? And that's particularly important if you're going to be in contact with little children, babies that haven't been immunized yet. Pregnant women now get a whooping cough booster with every pregnancy. Uh, and that's Even when
0: they're pregnant, it's safe?
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's absolutely. amazing. Now, does
0: the diphtheria get included in the tetanus shot? Yes, So you're being (coughs) immunized for three different diseases when you get that tetanus shot. When you get that
1: tetanus shot with with the pertussis component, you're getting three different disease protections. When you get a regular tetanus shot, it's two different protections. Now, the situation's a little more complicated for people on Medicare, because Medicare will not pay for the tetanus shot, the whooping cough component. It won't pay for it if you don't have an injury at all but it won't pay for the pertussis component period, which is a shortcoming in the Medicare program if you want my opinion, but uh, I've never had a politician call me and ask me my opinion, so I I guess that's not so important. This Um.
0: brings up what Dr. Cruz talked about, the autonomy of a physician. You know, years ago, if you decided this is right for the patient, you would just give it because you were autonomous. You were a good physician and you were doing your thing. You're losing your autonomy with all regulations, right? With many regulations. We spend
1: a lot of time battling with insurance companies for what we we believe to be right, and um, that really does uh, increase exhaustion and burnout and frustration um, because... We spend a significant perso- percentage of our time doing things that aren't directly taking care of people, and that that is exhausting. That is very frustrating. Yeah.
0: So, so Medicare may not cover it, but y- even if yeah, they don't, if you medi- can afford it, it, it might be well worth particularly it. Particularly
1: if you have grandchildren that you're that you're trying to be in contact with to protect those grandchildren. It's a it's a nice thing to do. So there's the, the whooping cough, the pertussis, the tetanus shot. That's a, a really good thing to make sure that you're up to date on. Uh, and that's something that everybody needs to do throughout their lifetime. Of course, this is flu season. We haven't seen an outbreak of flu yet. Um, there's been one season in my career I can remember where we didn't get an outbreak of influenza, uh, or at least not a significant outbreak. Only one season only in all your career. In <laughs> all my career, I can okay. only remember one year where we d- we didn't. Have a whole lot of influenza. Usually, at some point in the season, we we are run ragged with uh, lots of people with influenza. So
0: watch out! So, it's coming. So right? watch
1: out! I'm I'm really sure we're going to see it sometime here. It's not too late. Go get your flu shot. You can get it at the clinic. You can get it at the pharmacies. Um, it's a good thing to do. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But it's the best thing we've got to prevent the flu and it's worth it. So I've had mine, my children have had theirs, my husband has had his, go get your flu shot. And that's something you need every year simply because the strains of the virus that circulate change, so we have to make a new vaccine every year to try to get the the strain that's going to be cir- circulating. It's a guess. It's a guess. Some yep. years they guess beautifully and they have a good match and other years not so much, but even in years where the match isn't very good, people who get their shot are less likely to die from complications of influenza, so it's it's worth getting your shot. Um, another thing that all adults should be thinking about, particularly when they get into their older years, is pneumonia shots and there's actually two different pneumonia shots you know can I cut you off absolutely we're going to take a break because oh. I
0: want to hear well I knew about the one pneumonia shot and I've never heard about the second one and I knew you wanted to talk about it so those of you who are listening you know the different uh vaccines that Dr. Johnston has suggested but even if you've had the pneumonia shot you keep listening right after this break because you're going to find out more than you knew. Welcome back to Prairie Dock Radio. If you've been listening, you know that Dr. Holm is missing today, but in his absence, we have Dr. Deborah Johnston, who is a family practice physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings. Dr. Johnston has been filling us adults in on the vaccines that we need to prevent disease. You know what I found fascinating? I looked this up. I knew you wanted to talk about vaccines, and there was one comment that I had not thought of. Of course, a doctor would be well aware (laughs) of this, but this uh, talking about vaccines this article said you need to know the difference in medicines vaccine is a medicine but the difference between vaccine and other medicines is that vaccines prevent rather than treat or cure a disease that's really something to think about you know you it's if you get a disease and there's meds to treat or cure it good for you but if you take a vaccine you prevent it that's that's pretty essential
1: it's it's wonderful and and i think you know, there's the old sta- statement, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that is so true. And, and my heart is really in preventative medicine. I think it's really important to talk about diet and exercise and calcium intake and healthy lifestyle, not smoking. I mean, all of those things that we know we should do to take care of ourselves and vaccination is is just a big part of that.
0: Well, I cut you off just before the break when you were talking about uh, pneumonia. And yes. what do you want to tell us about? pneumonia vaccines?
1: So for my whole career, we've had a vaccine that we call the Pneumovax, and this is a pneumonia shot that protects people from certain strain of pneumonia, the most deadly strain that certainly caused a lot of deaths, particularly in the over 65 crowd. So my whole career, when somebody hits 65, we start trying to get them that shot and some people are more accepting of it than others Um, and we also know that people with certain conditions need that shot sooner and a booster and um, those would be people with chronic lung diseases asthma COPD people with diabetes um, people this was an interesting one that I, I didn't realize um, until my own mother got a cochlear implant but people that have cochlear implants or uh, anything that kinda penetrates uh, into the brain there um, but in recent years We've actually started recommending a second pneumonia shot And this is something that about a year ago Medicare actually came out and said okay We're gonna pay for this for the over 65 crowd, too So this is a a relatively new recommendation for the over 65 crowd Um, and people that are younger who are either because of their own medical condition, uh, certain cancers, or because of things that we as doctors are doing to them, medicines that make their immune system not work very well, uh, are immunocompromised. And this is a vaccine called Prevnar, and it it helps protect from different strains of pneumonia. And this is a vaccine that actually we've been giving to little children, babies, almost my entire career and this was a revolutionary medication when it came out uh, because it it really reduced the risk of pneumonia and meningitis and a lot of very serious illness in infants and what the people that watched these things noticed was that when we started immunizing infants the rates of adult hospitalizations with pneumonia went down uh and the idea behind that is a very important concept we call herd immunity and that's the concept that if there's enough people protected from an infection they're not gonna spread it to people that are vulnerable to it. And this is why vaccines are so important and it's so important for everybody to get all of their shots because my being protected protects you too. So the people who aren't vaccinating their children Are endangering people who can't or children who have conditions where their immune system isn't working they have cancer they have whatever disease it is they're too little to get their shots yet it's not just you that's taking the risk it's everybody in the community that's getting the risk so there's two pneumonia shots now and everybody should get those two. Ideally, they're given a year apart, so if you haven't had two different pneumonia shots, talk to your doctor about that.
0: I was just in to see Dr. Warren yesterday yeah. for a checkup, and um, his nurse said, Prevnar 3 is now covered by Medicare. I said, it's yes. interesting, we're gonna talk about it on the show tomorrow, and she said, but you have to make sure you've had the first shot at least a year before, at least a year before, before me. Medicare will cover it. So if you just had the first, uh, pneumonia shot for some reason, you're going to wait a year and then you can get the second one. And then you can one. get the second one. Right. Okay.
1: Right. Well. Um and then I know we've got a question here, but there's one more shot that adults should really think about, and that's the shingles shot. Nobody wants shingles. I know they've had a lot of, of um, commercials on about this one. Anybody who had chickenpox is at risk for shingles. Shingles is the chickenpox virus waking up in your system again. Um, the vaccine is certainly not our best vaccine at preventing the disease but it is r- what it is really good at is preventing the pain that lasts and lasts and lasts after somebody has had shingles so it's it's still a good thing to get medicare does not cover it but many people's part d plans does so you, you can get out. it you can check that out you can get it at the pharmacy and people between the ages of sixty and sixty five your insurance will usually cover it.
0: Okay, I've mentioned this on the show before when Dr. Holmes mentioned shingles, but I have to tell you, I'm one of six sisters, and my one sister got shingles. And weekly, she called the five sisters. Have you gotten your shot yet? <laughs> I said, no, Kathleen, I'm fine, I'm healthy. You have to get that shot. She's right. And finally gave in, and I'm very thankful I did, but I was a little resistant. I said, I don't need another shot. Yes, you do. She yes, said, I do. have never been in this much pain in my entire life, and I don't want my sisters to go through it, and I'm not going to let up till every one of you get the shots. Good for her. So she didn't, and all of us got our shot, and none of us have had shingles. Poor Kathleen, though. She really suffered. She couldn't believe she could be that pain, that much pain.
1: And the pain can last and last and last and last long after the spots have healed up. So
0: keep that in mind. Kathleen may not be your sister, but she cares about you, too. So get that shingle (laughs) shot, please, please, please. Really important. You know, we're talking about immunizations and a person called in, and this is a comment I know you often hear, patient's comment this patient called in and said that the flu shot makes them sick. Please explain why this happens.
1: Oh, we hear this all you the time. You hear it all the time. We so hear talk it, about it all the time. Um, you know, certainly anytime you're activating the immune system, people can feel kind of run down. They can feel kind of achy. They can run some low grade fevers. This is distinct from influenza, which is not what a lot of people call the flu, where you have a little bit of stomach upset and maybe a little bit of diarrhea. Actual influenza that we're trying to prevent with this, although there's a range of how sick people get with it, when I think influenza, people come in, they look like, I always like to say, death nobody bothered to warm over. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They're pale, they're sweaty, they look absolutely exhausted, Um, they they will basically think, you know, I really have to go to the bathroom, but I can hold it longer because I'm too tired to get up. They hurt all over, they have headaches, they usually will run high fevers. Um, They will have cough, congestion. Sometimes they'll have some stomach effects with it, a little bit of vomiting or a little bit of diarrhea, but that's not usually a prominent part of it. Um, And that exhaustion can last for a very long time, even after the fever is gone, even after the cough is gone. And the other really important thing about influenza is that It doesn't stop with influenza. Influenza is a high-risk situation. It damages the protective lining of the lungs. So it's a high-risk situation for coming down with pneumonia. It's a high-risk situation for ear infections, for sinus infections, um, for other serious infections. And people die from influenza or from complications of influenza. Previously healthy people die from influenza. Um, so it is a serious infection now Does that happen often? No previously healthy people don't often die from influenza But how many is too many and in my opinion one, one. is too many if, if I can prevent that That one is too many. So, so what
0: do you tell these people when they say it makes them sick?
1: I say well Yes, it can activate your immune system and make you feel kind of under the weather for a little while. But the other problem is we're giving the flu shot at a time when people are getting sick all the time anyway. So when somebody comes and gets their flu shot, I'll tell them, yep, you know, if you're sick in the next two weeks, you're going to blame your flu shot. But the same percentage of people in the next two weeks are going to get sick whether they got their flu shot or not. The ones who got their flu shot blame the flu shot. The (laughs) ones who didn't say, dang, I should have gotten that flu shot. So the flu shot, it can't make you sick. With the exception of the nasal vaccine, it's a dead virus. It can't make you sick. And the, the nasal vaccine... Is is inactivated. It's a very weakened form of the virus. It can't make you sick or well If you're otherwise healthy, it's not going to make you sick either Certainly, there's the rare person who will have an allergic reaction, but even if you're allergic to eggs It's quite possible that you can have the flu shot. So, you know, don't uh, Don't rule it out and I hear it all the time that the flu shot makes people sick, but well, there are
0: diehards that have held out until now, and maybe if they're listening maybe, to you, maybe you if might shift their and, concept. And, of and what the a other flu thing, the
1: other thing to think about is, even if you don't want the flu shot, even if you don't think you need the flu shot, there are people around you that are more vulnerable to the flu than you are. So, if you are going to be in contact with elderly people, if you go to the nursing home, if you're around little children, if you're around, if you go to church if you're around anybody whose immune system isn't working very well you put them at risk if you get the inv- if you get influenza so think about getting your flu shot as a as a public act
0: very good. Well, we appreciate all your comments. Were you going to say something about? I was going to ask Dr. Johnson how is it transmitted? Is it fomite contamination? Is it uh, droplets it's, in the air? It's,
1: it's droplets. Um, it's very contagious. So uh, people who are coughing or sneezing, and that gets aerosolized out into the air, it gets onto surfaces. I touch that surface. I rub my nose. So it's a it's a very contagious illness. Yep, <laughs> we all we all <laughs> need some hand sanitizer as soon as he now. said it i started <laughs> rubbing my nose it's such a habit it just it your is, nose starts there you, you don't think about it you know you just don't think about how now we're all using the hand sanitizer thank you Bob. We, we, d- we just don't think about how often we touch things and um if somebody who's had the flu touches them too you're you in can trouble get it you got it
0: well on that note We really hope we've convinced everyone, if you haven't had that flu shot, have it. We've learned a lot about adult immunizations. We appreciate you listening. We're going to take our final break, and we'll be back right after these words. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I've certainly enjoyed sharing this half hour with Dr. Deb Johnson, who is a family practice physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings. For all of us listening, an awful lot of the listeners are over 50, maybe even a little <laughs> older than that. Uh, I think she's gotten through to us on how important immunizations are. They truly are. They, they just even make for a world you. of difference. Yes, for all they do. Of us, for yes. all of
1: us. Immunizations yeah. are, you know, I really think immunizations are probably the greatest contribution medicine has made to public health. Um, period it's really an important thing there's a lot of great things modern medicine has done uh, but vaccines are hugely important
0: so well we're all a lot healthier because of them. We
1: certainly are.
0: Uh talking about being healthy and what can help us contain retain our healthiness. You had talked about before the program about yeah, cold I and I, I you or know the I sun, was the sun I was of both.
1: I was talking with one of my partners who had recently returned from vacation and she and her family had had visited other families someplace sunny and, and I had commented and chided her a little bit because I saw a tan line. And uh, she, she told me with some pride that she had, that had happened despite her sunscreen, but she had slathered her children up and, um, and nobody else had gotten any tan. And so I was proud of Proud of her for that. It's really important for us to remember, especially those of us from cold climates here who might be going someplace warm for the summer or for the winter. A lot of these, l- a lot of listeners here may be going down to Arizona or Texas for a month or Florida for a month Maybe. or someplace. <laughs> um, so they, uh, it's important to remember to bring your sunscreen. You're you're really sunshine naive right now. But even those of us who are staying up here, you know, there's a lot of that bright sunshine that's getting reflected off of that snow. So I I try to recommend to my patients that they wear a moisturizer with a sunscreen in it on an everyday basis to protect your skin. It's important both in preventing skin cancer, but it's also really important at preventing skin aging. So, you know, sometimes if you're not so worried about skin cancer, you'll be a little more apt to do it thinking, oh, maybe I'll have fewer wrinkles and spots if I do that. So that's an important thing to think about your sunscreen. Okay.
0: One other thing that came up, especially with my visit with Dr. Warren yesterday, his nurse said, you know, we're now suggesting mammograms yearly. We didn't do it for a while and we're back for older people. And I said, you know, I stopped that pap smear, and I I stopped all of that a few years ago. I haven't bothered. and, And Dr. Warren then explained the importance of, you know, when you get to a certain age, you don't need the pap smears any longer. But breast cancer, he scared me with this because he said, your chance of getting breast cancer is one in seven. And the longer you live, the more likelihood you might have it. I'm thinking I got to an age where I shouldn't have to worry about either one of these. And I am absolutely wrong, correct? You
1: are absolutely wrong. The the incidence of breast cancer, your risk of breast cancer goes up every year. So the older you are, the higher likelihood it is that you will get breast cancer. When we stop screening and looking for breast cancer is when we think that you're not going to outlive treatment Thanks anyway. I'm so glad they want to be it's a good thing. So if somebody has a bad heart and bad kidneys and is just really sick, you know, then, I'm then I am then I don't push screening for colon cancer or breast cancer or those kinds of things. But in healthy people where I think, you know, you've got, you may be 80 years old, but golly, your, your parents both lived to be 95 and you're out there golfing every day and, and you are just healthy as can be. I still encourage those women to get their, their mammograms. And pap smears are are a little bit different. So the guidelines for pap smears are at age 65. You can stop having a pap smear, provided that you've had three pap smears in the previous 10 years that have been normal, and at least one of those has to have been in the previous five years. I always add the caveat to that that there's no new risk factors either, and that would mean that there's no new partners. Right.
0: Okay. Well, all good information, and we certainly hope you've enjoyed it. I know I have. Uh, As always, you can hear more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. You may also learn more about the exciting activities of the Healing Words Foundation. Tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock on the South Dakota Public Television Network, On Call with the Prairie Doc will discuss the heart and the rhythm of life. Dr. Tarek Maruz. A cardiologist with North Central Heart in Sioux Falls will be the guest host. It's a live program, so you can call in your questions, anything having to do with heart, and that will be tomorrow night, again, 7 o'clock on South Dakota Public TV. Thanks so much, Dr. Johnson. It's, it's really great been fun to be here, sharing this with you. If anyone would like to see this, we are on YouTube. If you pull up YouTube and go to Prairie Doc, you can see the live stream of this, and I believe they just keep them on YouTube. So... You could have been watching while we talked. We're not excited about No, <laughs> we're okay with that, I guess.
1: This is um, radio. You I'd don't need have, to I'd see d- it. I'd have dressed up more, yeah, I'd known. <laughs> yeah.
0: But if you want to see it, we are live streaming now on YouTube. Prairie Dock YouTube. That's it for this week.
1: Thanks.